the, this insanity that humans uh, do to one another that we just uh, are so easily able to destroy one another for a thing or an idea. We can so easily dismiss vast quantities of people just because of who they are or what they look like or any number of reasons we make up that are important. It's quite extraordinary. And, you know, and um, there was the synagogue shooting before I left. And then there was all this destruction with the fires. Um, so there's this recollection or, um, or this contemplation of this war a hundred years later, you know, it's still this tragedy is, is going on. And, and then the fires, I had word from a couple of friends of mine who lost their houses. I had one friend who I just feel so sad for. She moved to paradise in June. She retired and bought a house up there and lost everything. It's, um, in fact, she texted me or sent me a message yesterday saying, I need to know when meditation classes are. I'm having some PTSD. I just, like, I don't know why. And so there's just, how do you hold this stuff? I mean, and um, I think being able to be touched by it is important. To not, I mean, there's the tendency to, and if, if you probably look in your own lives, there's this um, tendency to somehow disconnect or shut down. And we do have to take care of ourselves. I think that's important. We don't just kind of stick our faces in the blasting um, wave that comes at us, but we have to take care of ourselves as well. I had a friend write me that she wasn't able to come to a, a thing because she had a, she's a, a therapist and she had a lot, had a, had a whole space for a lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks that so she couldn't do this thing. She needed to just stay home and take, do some self-care. And it's like, yeah, so to recognize that we have to not turn away, have to acknowledge what's happening, and also um, um, take care of ourselves at the same time. It's, it's, again, that balance that we do. And when I was in London, I want to say I had coffee with, but I didn't have any coffee. I just sat at the table and talked. I got to meet Lama Rod Owens. And we sat and shot the shit for an hour and a half. It was great. Um, and he was doing a thing um, the next week. I wasn't going to be there, but he was doing a thing on talking about how this practice helps us um, say what needs to be said and take the actions that need to be taken. And that's how I feel. That's what been my experience with these teachings, with this practice. And so um, I think that rolls nicely into what I want to talk about tonight, which is the next factor in the Eightfold Path. I've done wise speech, excuse me, I've done wise view and wise intention, right view, right intention, which is the first section of the Eightfold Path. Anyone not familiar with the Eightfold Path or Buddhist teachings? Okay, so you all kind of have a sense of that. And, and then moving now into the second section, which is sila, or how to live with integrity, how to, how to make it safe for other people to be around us, how to live in harmony with others. And that's what um, Bhikkhu Bodhi talks about in this, in this book, The Eightfold Path. He talks about these are not admonitions, but how do we live in harmony with others? Not a thou shalt do it, but just to create this balance. Again, they're talking about balance. And so the next one is wise speech. It's a, this, this section is wise speech, wise action, which has a lot of stuff in it, and then wise livelihood, right livelihood. So I'm going to talk about wise speech, right speech today. 
<coughs> me with this shitty voice. I'm going to talk about white speech. <coughs> They're European germs. I never get sick. Don't think they came up and snuck up from behind. <clears throat> um, so why speech is this is what's popping up for me right now. And please, again, feel free anytime. Anybody if you have any questions or thoughts or comments, just jump right in. I um I think why speech is sometimes used as a as a stick that Buddhists like to beat other Buddhists with, um, saying, um, you can't say that. That's not nice. It doesn't say nice. That's not the word it says. It doesn't say nice. It says, the Buddha talks about abstaining from false speech, slanderous, harsh speech, and idle chatter. Doesn't doesn't say we're not we don't tell the truth. In fact, when I get into this a little more, it would be you have to say what needs to be said. You have to cultivate this voice, and that's what's needed right now. This voice that says that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, you know, it's uh, it's really important. And so, just going through this. Um, um, is um, this false speech just re- re- means refrain from lying. Um, it, it's actually not just to not lie, but to tell the truth. And this, is, this has been the practice, and this has been um, a strong practice, is like, say what needs to be said, even if it's not nice, quote, unquote. Even if people don't want to hear it, you have to say, you have to speak the truth if it's necessary, you know? And, and that's, what, that's when people say, you can't say things like that. You need to keep, keep the peace. Well, keep, sometimes you can't keep the peace. Sometimes you have to say what people don't want to hear. Sometimes you have to say the hard things that people don't like. Not my favorite thing to do. Not, not, not my best thing, but trying to move in that direction. Especially today. I mean, I think we have to be willing to put it on the line for things that are important. We have to speak up to face injustice, to face all this, this insanity that's happening, to face the bullshit that's rampant in our world. You know, this, this, this nonsense of, um, you know, fake news and alternative facts and things like that. You have to call it out. You absolutely have to call it out. But there's also a time and a place for it as well. Is it the right time? Is it, is it necessary? You know, and if it's necessary, is it, are you, this is also very important. Are you doing it with kindness? It's not, we, we are not harsh with each other, because that's, that's that second, that third part, we, we don't do it harshly, which is not easy, because sometimes we're reacting. So, especially if you, so somebody says something, and the immediate reaction is to explode, is to push back, fight back. And that, you know, that might, that might continue, that being fueled by that anger, that, that, that being enraged. But... How can we temper that so we don't fan the flames? Um, how can we respond with wisdom and equanimity if we can? 
You know, it doesn't mean we're always going to um, do it with this note I had. It's like, it's not a re resolution. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not a resolution never to do this, never to um, um, react, but to see where we're prompted to do it, to see where we're caught up in it. I think that's also a part of it, is to watch where we get caught up in wanting to react, wanting to maybe embellish things, maybe want to um, jump in on stuff. I think I'm jumping around here, so I was in false speech. Um, and then, yeah, then getting into when you do have to say the things that need to be said. Um, you have to say them when, they, when it's appropriate and when you see shit going down. It's, you know, the emperor's new clothes. That's an old, old fairy tale. But this, this problem has been around forever, forever. So to street, speak truth when it needs to be truth. And it's not just not lie, but make a commitment to what's real. You know, have a commitment, although this might be difficult, to have your insides match your outsides. You know, what you believe inside to be, to have that sense of authenticity. I think it's not just wise speech, it's wise communication. How do we communicate with others? Because it's not just talking. We can communicate in a million, billion different ways. When the Buddha, when the Buddha taught, I think there was only speech. I mean, very few people wrote in those days. And um, so it was all speech, but we have to be cautious how we communicate. So many times on Facebook, um, I want to respond to people, but I really have to take the time. Sometimes it's like, is this necessary? No, it's not necessary. Most often it's not necessary. <laughs> But sometimes it is necessary. Sometimes if I'm saying something, you know, if I'm writing a blog post, it's like, well, how do I want to say this? It's easy to, it's easy to fall down to the lowest common denominator, but how do we use our communication skills to have an impact? And it might not land the way we want it to land. That's, that's another part. It doesn't matter. We have to set out with this wise intention. Is it, is it the right time? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it, um, um, is, is it the truth? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is the intention? Right time, thank you. So we have to ask ourselves those things. Maybe if not now, then when? Or maybe later. So really being careful about this false speech. Um, we have to be, the Buddha said, don't slander. A, don't slander if it's true. B, don't make shit up and slander. That's even worse. Oh, let me go back to this one other thing about false speech, about lying. It said that lying is the one thing in monasteries that will get you kicked out, period. Because if, you, if you're lying, then you're just, you're just, it's just, you can't be trusted. Because you just put everything, you just, I don't know, it's just like, oh, all bets are off. You can fall down, you can, you can fall asleep during meditation, you can do this, you can do that. But lying is just, bottom line, you can't be trusted, you need to leave. So it is a really big deal. It's a really big deal. Um, so slanderous speech is also... Um, uh, the intention in slander speech is, is to create disharmony. 
it's really aversive. It's, it's, it's um, mean. It's nasty. So avoid it if you can. Not if you can. Just try and avoid it. I mean, I don't think anybody in here walks around slandering other people. I'm, I'm guessing that's not a real common thing. But it's also not just avoiding slander, but cultivating kind speech. That's a little bit more difficult. You know, it's part of that wise speech thing, is what I'm saying, kind, is a, is a gentle. You can be very powerful and say really, really powerful things in a kind and gentle way. So how, how do you show up around that? So harsh speech means... Again, it's intended to cause harm. It's abusive. It's scolding. Shoulda, coulda, you shoulda done that. It's so easy to fall into that. Insulting. We insult other people. It's sarcasm. There are some places in this country where that's how we communicate, with insults and sarcasm. I think the northeast section of the United States is really... There's a lot of that going on. And we were talking about this the other day because I talked about this on my Thursday night class. And it's, it's just how people banter. It's this, you know, one-upmanship and this sarcasm that we do. But it can be, it can cross a line. It can cross a line. So you have to be really careful about that. It's a real, it's a real delicate, delicate uh, place to walk. So when in doubt, don't. You know, when in doubt, don't. Because I know I've been, I've, I've crossed the line on a number of occasions unintentionally, but then afterwards you go, ooh, that didn't, that didn't land well, and that person maybe was um, harmed. So really what we need to, what the antidote they say to um, harsh speech is, is patience. To really, because when we lash out at people or insult people, a lot of times it's because we're just like, this reactive tendency, and so to maybe count to ten to have some patience is a way to deal with that. And again, being kind in our speech. It's never a bad thing to be kind. I don't think it's ever, ever a bad thing to be kind. And then the last piece that the Buddha said to pay attention to is idle chatter, gossip, pointless, without death. Because it can stir up greed and hatred and, and delusion. It can, it, can, it can get those juices um, going. I found that a lot of people I talk to have found that the more you get into this practice, the less, the less there is people sit around. Go- I mean, I think, I think gossip's in here. Yeah, this is gossip. Gossip kind of, it just doesn't feel good anymore. If it ever did, if, if you're inclined to gossip. If you're really into this practice, you, that stuff should be falling away. Because it just, it's like, oh, you know, it just doesn't feel right anymore. Stuff we used to do that feel, used to feel right just doesn't feel right anymore. And if you're, if you're reflecting on what can you talk about, let me, let me read this sutta for you. And can tell you exactly what should be avoided. Of course, this is by contemplatives, this is for monastics, but this is what they said in this one sutta. Um, 
Some priests and contemplatives are addicted to talking about lowly topics such as these. Talking about kings, robbers, ministers of state, armies, alarms, and battles, food and drink, clothing, furniture, garlands, and scents, relatives, vehicles, villages, towns, cities, the countryside, women and heroes, the gossip of the street and the well, tales of the dead, philosophical discussions of the past and the future, the creation of the world and the sea, and talk of whether things exist or not. He abstains from talking about lowly topics such as these. This is part of his virtue. Which leaves you what? <laughs> the Dharma. That's, that's really what it talks about. You, what you need to talk about is the doctrine and the discipline. Um, oh, and... Uh, Modesty, content. This is what your wholesome topics of conversation: modesty, contentment, seclusion, non-entanglement, persistence, virtue, concentration, discernment, release, letting go, and the knowledge and vision of letting go. These are the ten topics of conversation. So it's dharma. So, um, but just be cautious of: is your speech causing harm? Gossip can cause harm. Joseph Goldstein said that he, I think he did a practice for a year where he did not, and I don't know if this is true or not, it might be a Dharma rumor, <laughs> where he did not talk about anyone who was not in the room for a year, which is kind of, I think, carrying it to a, a, a bit of a degree because you can say, you know, I've got to go pick up George at the airport. That's not gossip. That's not idle chatter. That's stating a conversation and somebody was asking the other day it's like well if I go to you know go to a therapist and talk about what's going on in my life it's like no that's actually good but again having this overall idea of causing harm with our communication is it wise what we're doing is it necessary it's like yeah some of, a lot of this stuff is necessary to have conversations with people you know having these philosophical discussions or political discussions or things like that. I don't think there's a problem with them. It's when we get into these armed camps that it's like, you know what? This is going nowhere. Maybe we can put this down. Maybe we can um, let go of this. So it's really just a, about being um, reflective when we speak. There's another sutta where the Buddha's talking to his son and he says, uh, invites his son to reflect before you speak think about what you're going to speak think about the impact it's going to have while you're speaking reflect on the impact it's having and after you've spoken reflect on the impact it had so it's really important we can cause so much harm with our words with how we communicate we can cause tremendous hurt how do we mitigate that? How do we say what's necessary and mitigate any harm if we can? So really, that's a, the reflection on, um, on my speech. Um, and again, I'll, I'll just touch on what the Buddha said before we talk. Um, before you um, speak, reflect on, or you communicate, is it the right time? Is it true? Is it gentle? Is it necessary? And what's the intention? What's the intention behind it? 
But listening is really important. It's a gift that we give each other when we actually pay attention to what the other person is saying. It's a, it's a gift. So that is, um, if it's not in the suttas, it just should be. <laughs> we can write another sutta and stick it in there. People have been writing suttas for hundreds of years, <laughs> way after the Buddha died. So we can have one revealed to us. That was that was sarcastic and not nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See how easy it is? It just it just flows, and it's like, oh, it's so easy. We can just fall into trap, especially when we're hanging out with people who are. When we're hanging, out, the the word is you know when we're in our bubble. It's easy um, to to paint those other people as them and, and cardboard cutouts. I I read a piece about a woman. I don't know when this was written. I don't know what it was. It was about a woman who was killed, um, and she was killed. Oh gosh, I probably shouldn't even talk about it because I can't remember it. I read it yesterday, and it had an impact. Um, because it was talking about people, people are killed not because of who they are as individuals, but because of the labels that people have given to them. You know, because they're women, or they're black, or they're gay, or they're, or they're, they're from, they're Muslim, or they're any of these things that we have determined are not, not, not okay. That then they're they're somehow uh, unworthy or less than, and we just paint we paint people with a broad brush and we make them cardboard cutouts, which is what they do in war. That's why they that's what they do in the military. They train people to see the enemy as two dimensional and one dimensional, so they can be easily easily destroyed. You're not you're not you're not attacking or killing human beings. You're attacking and killing something else that is worthy of destruction. So uh, being um, our words can have an impact over time. There's a cumulative effect of our words. And so the words we use, um, the words we use among our friends, the words we use um, internally, this is one piece of the wise speech that I didn't touch on, is that internal talk, too. How do we talk to ourselves? We have to really be willing to be kind to ourselves internally. So this wise talk, wise speech, is, is, is really powerful and has a, has a real important impact. Um, cumulative going on for a really long time. And... Really being willing to let go of tried and true habits of speech that might cause harm, that might be um, unkind. You know, it's like, oh yeah, but we all say that, and it's like, yeah, but um, it causes harm. Can you? Are you? Can you? Can you let go of those things that uh, cause harm? Can you let go of those things that may be unwise or unkind? It's really not easy. But it's worth the effort. It's worth the effort to make it safe for people to be around you. 
I think that's that you know that is the intention. And also speak truth when truth needs to be spoken. Again, it's not now you have to be kind and it's like I can speak truth and say what you're doing is not okay and be gentle. But be real and authentic and call things out that need to be called out. And I think that's that's what's that's what's uh, another part of this piece. Those are my two cents with what I have left of my voice. <laughs>